RNZ Pacific. Hello, Olgeta. I'm Moira Tuile Epitela with the news. Today marks 12 years since the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant disaster. On March 11, 2011, a major earthquake and a 15-metre tsunami disabled the power supply and cooling of three Fukushima Daiichi reactors, causing a nuclear accident. Twelve years on, and the company that owns the plant, TEPCO, is planning to release 1.3 million tonnes of ALPS-treated radioactive wastewater from the wrecked Fukushima Daiichi power plant into the Pacific Ocean. Fukushima Governor Masao Uchibori says the decommissioning of the plant is a complex issue. He told RNZ Pacific he has heard the voices of concern and anxiety around the issue. In Pacific Island countries, the nuclear tests that have been conducted from the 1940s, the effects of those tests still remain. In order not to repeat such a tragedy ever again, we must eliminate nuclear weapons from the world. An Indonesian military commander has turned down New Zealand's offer of assistance in an operation to release the New Zealand pilot who has been held hostage by the West Papua Liberation Army. Philip Mertens has been held in Unduga Regency in the Papua Highlands for about a month. The Jakarta Post reports Admiral Yudo Magono saying New Zealand Ambassador to Indonesia Kevin Burnett had offered assistance during his visit to the military headquarters last week. The Admiral says the Ambassador offered to help, but he himself is still able to complete the rescue mission. Admiral Magono also reiterated that what was happening now was a law enforcement operation, not a military operation, and they would continue with persuasion and patience to protect local civilians in the area. Fiji's former Prime Minister Frank Mbainimarama and suspended police chief Sitivini Ingiloho have been granted bail. Both men have pleaded not guilty to one count each of abuse of office. According to local media reports, Magistrate Sani Puamau has set bail at 10000 Fijian dollars. Mr. Bainimarama and Mr. Ngiliho have also been ordered not to leave the country and to reside at a permanent address. Magistrate Puma also ordered them not to interfere with witnesses. They are expected in court on May 11. The Federated States of Micronesia will have a new president in May. This is after incumbent President David Panuelo lost his seat during the 2023 Congressional General Election on March 7. Peter Christian, who served as the 8th President of the Micronesian Nation from 2015 to 2019, is expected to be re-elected to office. 29 candidates, 26 men and 3 women contested the 2023 elections, vying for 14 seats across the four states of Chuk, Pompey, Cosray and Yap. The NGO Save the Children says at least 2,500 people are still living in evacuation centres in Vanuatu following the destruction caused by cyclones last week. Pacific Manager for the organisation, Kim Cook, says there are still a lot of families, especially in Shefa and Tafia provinces, living without power and water. Power is one thing, but what? 
lack of access to clean water is a is a real issue, and um, we're concerned about hygiene um, and about get, getting people to a place where they can feel sheltered, safe, and have access to to safe food and water. It's been revealed that three children in Tonga who died from viral pneumonia caused by influenza B were aged 1, 3 and 13. Chief Executive of the Ministry of Health, Dr Siale Akaola, told Matangi Tonga this week the outbreak of influenza-like illnesses has been going on in Tonga for the last eight to nine weeks. He said incidents have been monitored at 10 surveillance sites throughout Tonga and a trend of new cases appeared to have peaked on week 8 of the outbreak with an average of 30 cases per day. The number of cases for last week, week 9 of the outbreak, appeared to show an 18% reduction, but he says these numbers are likely to be underestimated. In international news, German police say they are mobilised due to a suspected hostage situation in the city of Karlsruhe. Police say they cordoned off the area because the danger level was unclear. A spokesperson did not say how many hostages were or how long the operation had been going on. The situation follows a deadly rampage at a Jehovah's Witness Hall in Hamburg yesterday in which seven people died. The leaders of Britain and France have hailed a new era in relations at the first Franco-British summit for five years. President Emmanuel Macron said he's held excellent discussions with the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports. Both leaders were at pains to show that a page has been turned in British-French relations. Gone, the mistrust of the last few years, replaced by a new spirit of cooperation. For Rishi Sunak, the main fruit of this should be more French help in stopping migrants in small boats crossing the Channel. But the real importance of the improvement lies in the realms of defence and security. The new reality of a war inside Europe means the two countries feel they have no choice but to act together to support Ukraine and to ensure reliable and diversified sources of energy. Today is the final day of the biggest Pacific Secondary School Cultural Festival in the world. Since Wednesday, hundreds and thousands have gathered at the Monaco Sports Bowl for Polyfest, which showcases traditional Pacific music, dance, costumes and speech competitions celebrating New Zealand's diverse cultures and youth performances. Emma Mataya from Papatoetoe High School says no matter where you're from, Polyfest is for everyone. We would like to encourage everyone to, um, no matter what culture you are, it doesn't matter to come and embrace other people's culture. You know, we're all one. The Māori stage will run from the 3rd to the 5th of April at the Dewdrop Event Centre, giving participants time to recover from February's Te Matatini Kapahaka competition. And sport breakers coach Moody Moore has faith in his team to bounce back after crashing to a heavy loss, three loss, to the Sydney's in the NBL basketball final series. The Kings romped to a 91-68 win in front of a lead record 18,000 fans in Sydney to go 2-1 up in the best of five series. A disappointed mayor expects a response in Game 4 in Auckland on Sunday. We know who we are and we know we're not playing to our level for big stretches of the game. We also know that Sydney are a great team. 
And if you lose your focus for a few minutes, the game breaks open. I believe in our guys' ability to go and put together a good 40 minutes and come back here for Game 5. New Zealand's sports drug agency has been forced to explain its drop in drug testing numbers after World Athletics sought answers in a letter late last year. Drug-free New Sport New Zealand said it told the world body it had conducted less than half as many tests as usual across all sports for a period in 2022 due to the government's COVID-19 restrictions. And New Zealand are on the back foot heading into day three of the first cricket test against Sri Lanka in Christchurch. After dismissing Sri Lanka for 355 before lunch yesterday, the Black Caps chase stumbled through to 162 for five at stumps. Opener Tom Latham believes the Hagley Oval pitch will get quicker today and the home side needs to take advantage. We've seen that you can score quickly here when uh, when bowls don't get it right. So, you know, if we are able to put a bit of pressure on them, we've seen they've already bowled a lot of overs. We're still a wee way away from the new ball. So, yeah, the more we keep, keep them coming back, then hopefully that presents us with scoring opportunities. Play resumes at 11 o'clock with Daryl Mitchell on 40 and Michael Bracewell on 9. And in India, centuries to Ushman Kawaja and Cameron Green lifted Australia to 480, all out on day two of the fourth test. India were 36 without loss in reply. That's the latest news from RNZ Pacific. For more on our stories, you can go to our website, rnzi.com.